figure, she stops playing with all the other boys. And as she gets ready to squirt and to blast, she'll squeal with pleasure and fluids will spill. As she listens to the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast with my dudes Will the Thrill and Joe Static. And now, Will the Thrill and Joe Static and the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. Welcome back to the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. As you heard from the great Joel Gertner, I'm your host, Will the Thrill. And I'm your co-host, Terry Funk Will. I'm back this week. Yes, he's back. The Funker is back, baby. I've been thinking about you seven days a week, you son of a bitch. So I thought what better way to come back on the show. I tell you, fuck you. What do you think about that? Terry, you fucked me over. You had your cousin or whatever the hell sign that goddamn figure for me. Listen, I was winning gold when you were still shitting in your diapers. You understand me? You understand that? All right, Terry, I'll give you a pass this time. I kept that signed card, so I'll give you a pass this time. All right. Well, I'm going to pass it over to Joe Stanek over here. Because my bladder's letting loose. Yeah, get to that bathroom, Terry. Don't piss in your pants this time. Take care, Will. All right. Well, there you go, listeners. The wonderful Terry Funk. Terry Funk stopping in here again. Jesus. It's nonstop here at the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. We get these nonstop visits from Terry every couple weeks. I know. I love Terry. I mean, he's a legend. He's right. I was shitting in my pants. And he was taking barbed wire bats to the head. Yeah, you know, you can't argue with that, I guess, you know. Can't argue with that, Joe. Well, good to have you back, Mr. Static. Good to be back here, Will. I'm amped up. Well, as all our listeners know, you can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, including Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn. The list will keep growing. And if you listen, please write a review. That's always helpful. We'll post that review on our social media accounts, Instagram and Twitter at SQD Circle AFP. And please follow us there for the latest wrestling figure photos, giveaways, fig hunts. Again, that's at SQD Circle AFP on Instagram and Twitter. And coming soon. We'll be launching our weekly YouTube live streams, the Wrestling Figure Roundtable at the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. Joe, how's everything going with you this week? How's the fig hunts going? Man, I'll tell you one thing. On my side, there ain't nothing. (laughs) Well, Will, I'm still going down that Power Ranger Lightning Collection Road. The new wave hit this week, so I was able to get a couple of those. I seen Elite 78. They only had Kofi Kingston in one of the Walmarts I checked. The rest of the set was gone. I'm still heading up that one particular Walmart with the manager there, and she has not gotten back to me. She did answer me again, but, oh, God, I don't know. I, I really don't know about that. And what else? Got a couple of NECA. was able to score the uh, April Nil 2-pack. I got the NECA Super Shredder. 
and TJ sent me over the Super 7 Toxic Crusader. So I got a lot of cool picks this week, Well, That's great, Joe. Yeah, I saw some of the picks of the figs on social media, which is great. Seems like you had a very, very fruitful and bountiful fig hunt this week. You know what the thing is? There's just not a lot of wrestling out there that at least I want. So I saw Elite 78 at Walmart. Guy had a Naomi and a coffee in his cart. It's like, hey, where'd you get those from? Oh, they were hanging out on the pegs. Oh, was there any more? No. Okay. You know, move on. Let's move on. I don't really care for that series. I have the collector's edition, Superstar Billy Graham. The only other one I really want from that is Riddle and... I just don't see that being tough to find in the future. I think there'll be restocks of it, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, yeah, I didn't get anything, man. Got some retro stuff. Got like a G.I. Joe, All Striker, Eco Warriors. It's crazy. <laughs> it's just like in different colors. But <laughs> even the turtle stuff, I didn't find April. I think I got an April, though, coming to me. Talk about that next week. And that's about it, man. That's it on this front. I know there's a few things that we want to get into. This week, there's a ton of it, ton of it, ton of it, ton of it. You told me that you're on a TNA Genesis kick now, so you got that suicide. I, we love the Genesis figures, baby. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, I was able to score that Genesis suicide figure. Six bucks. Can't beat it. Card looks great. So I'm looking forward to adding that with the Jeff Jarrett you gave to me, and I'll be trying to complete that Genesis collection. So yeah, I'm definitely going down that Genesis road right now. Well, as you said... They're very inexpensive figures. You'll never forget the name, Genesis, TNA Genesis. They're great figures. They're small. They don't take up a lot of space. Great price point. Great head scans. Again, we just love them here. I'm still looking for that stinger. Need that stinger and a few of the ones with the title. I think I need a Jarrett with the title. I got the Suicide with the title. I got the Kurt Angle with the title. Now I think I need the Jarrett with the title. I I forgot. Did they all come with titles? No, right? I don't think so. Sting, I believe, did. Jarrett did. And Suicide came with the X Division title. Yeah, and Angle came with the title, too. So I guess they all did. Yeah, I guess they all came with the title. I don't remember seeing Samoa with the belt. Oh, maybe Samoa didn't then. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe that's something to look out for. But love that. TNA Genesis series. That's a good addition. Also on Ringside Collectibles this week, they just dropped the Bret Hart and Goldberg two-pack. It's shipping out. As you know, listeners, that is a hold, hold, hold for at least me. I don't know about you, Joe. I really will don't like this two-pack at all. The Bret kind of looks like shit. And you know how I feel about Goldberg. So I'm not even going to go there. The only thing that interests me about the two-pack is the United States title. I do like the WCW version of the U.S. belt. But to be honest, even that looks a little weird. I feel like the belt is like gigantic. It almost looks like the world heavyweight WCW title in a weird way, like the size of it. I'm not really sure why the belt looks that big. It caught my eye. And if you want that United States title, this is the way to go, unfortunately. But yeah, well, I don't think I'll be purchasing this two-pack. I don't feel anything at all looking at it. You know, I don't have any need to add this to my collection. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Joe. I don't know where the appeal is, really. 
the title. The packaging does look great, too. I got to give it to whoever creates the packaging or the team which creates the packaging for the Mattel WWE license. They did an incredible job. But you're right. There's just nothing that's like, oh, man, I need this. And you're right again. The title is just monstrous. I mean, it looks like that front plate is just so large. And maybe it's just because Brett's waist is so skinny. Just looks odd. I'd like to see it on other figures. It just looks odd. So here's my take. I'm not taking it out of the packaging. I want the US title. It looks odd. It looks big in the packaging on Bret Hart. So as a hashtag MOC, hashtag MOC for life collector, unless this goes down to $19.99, I may not purchase it. Now, it was on deep discounts. They did have a discount code. I want to see what happens on Labor Day where I got free shipping and the figure for 32 and change. I want to see where Labor Day goes this weekend. If I can get a code that's even better for that pack and I can get it down below $29.99, I may may buy it then. Yeah, for that price point, I'd probably do the same. Anything above that, I'm definitely not purchasing this one the china triple h2 pack was great i enjoy that one and same thing like the what was the first two pack aj and finn i have i skipped over the ray and samoa then i got the china and triple h kind of like a hit or miss every every time this elite two pack comes out so yeah well if it goes down to 1999 maybe i'll think about it yeah 1999 29.99 i'm in or below i think that's 15 bucks a fig with all the accessories I can justify that all in shipping, but for anything over 30 bucks, I'm going to have to say pass. So moving on, and we'll talk about the next two pack a little later in the episode. We are going to get into something that I found, a little puzzle piece, several puzzle pieces while we're doing our research. We like to do some research for this week's episode of the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. So moving on, it's funny, we highlighted... In our news section last week that we absolutely loved the Elite 81 Stunning Steve Austin. And we were like, oh, you guys should pre-order it. You got to get two, this, that, and the other thing. You actually were like, eh, maybe this is the right time for this figure. I always thought it was the right time. I don't like that we're getting the first Austin last. But patience is a virtue, my friend. And Stunning Steve is number one on Ringside Collectibles. Their number one selling item is the Stunning Steve Austin figure. And it makes sense, no? Yeah, it definitely does. We mentioned it on last week's episode that this figure is a must-have. So to say that last week it goes up number one definitely makes sense. People want to complete their Steve Austin collections. You have this perfect, it looks perfect, stunning Steve Austin with the WCW tag title. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. No, and the title looks really, really good here. It's interesting. I don't think we ever saw real proto images of the u.s i I, we i think we did actually no i'd have to take that back i we did see proto images of the u.s title but it felt like the turnaround time on that two-pack was very quick maybe we didn't i don't know joe do you remember if we saw proto images of that u.s title i don't remember seeing it before that yeah wasn't it just like it was rumored to happen and then and then it kind of just appeared i felt like yeah we just got the announcement it's so odd with that whole set is just so odd. <laughs> oh, God, I don't even want to think about it anymore. 
I think we know the pulse of the community. I think we know the pulse of what sells and what doesn't sell here at the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. I mean, we've only been doing it for like, what, 25, 30 years or so. So I think if anybody has hesitation on what we say or our opinions, blah, 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 that's a perfect example. I think we know what we're talking about here. Yeah, for sure. We've been collecting and doing this a very long time. So every now and then, yeah, I could see us getting something right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> well, chalk one up for the good guys again. So there yeah. you go. Moving on. We did see the Beast Mode blind boxes as well. Ringside Collectibles has them up for order. A couple other vendors out there. They're interesting. So this is an interesting category, which I wanted to see more of. I want to see more of these toys. and. These Beast Mode blind boxes are okay. I don't know. Personally, I'm not getting any of these. I know they're kind of trying to mash together, I guess, Battle Beast maybe a little bit and WWE figures. I don't know. What are your thoughts, Joe? I'm not high on these right now. Yeah, same here. Well, I kind of maybe like a 5% to 10% out of 100. I'm like, yeah, that's where I'm at on those. I wanted to see your thoughts on it. See what you thought. You know, I, I know you like certain things you know that are kind of in this category so i wanted to see what you thought about them maybe i'd get one or two just to display loose you know sometimes you'll get like little things like this i don't know if you do that sometimes i do like if he's going five below and they have like the little domes and stuff like that maybe sometimes i'll just throw one into the collection that's what i'll probably do with these if i see one or two maybe i'll just grab them just to open them up just to see what they're like but other than that eh it's not really something I'm I'm into. Yeah, I don't know, Joe. I, I just, for our listeners, really quick. The Beast Mode is a two-in-one. You get a figure and a beast. You break open the box. It's like this foam-style box or something that you just rip open. It's in the middle. It's blind. So here's what I do like about these. You know how the Loyal Subjects and some of the other vinyls, the blind boxes out there, you can actually like rip open the box to see what's inside and then just put it back on the shelf if it's not what you want. These you can't do that because the actual figure is entirely encased in this like foam. People aren't going to be able to do that, which I actually like about this. And I think a lot of other smaller vinyl or blind box manufacturers or toy producers need to take this sort of method in their blind boxes because that's what I hate at retail. I hate when you go to retail and people are ripping open the boxes to see if it's one in 20 or whatever. And it's ridiculous. Yeah, I've seen that happen. I can't even tell you how many times. How many times, Joe? And Mattel thought of a good way to avoid that. As far as the figures, you got Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, Becky Lynch, Triple H, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, Roman Reigns, and The Rock. These are all wrestlers I would never even think twice of trying to collect. I'm sorry. Maybe The Rock. This is not hitting my wheelhouse at all. Maybe if they produced more legends for this line, I'd get more involved. I also don't like the beast modes. I think a lot of them look not good. You know, I I don't know. Like, you have the bull for the Brahma bull. You have like a Viking for Braun Strowman. I, <laughs> I don't know, man. The only one I might get, you know, if I seen them and I would keep it in the beast mode case, but they go in is the Finn Balor. He's the demon king. 
and it's like red, you know, it's got that red frame. I think that's pretty cool. But yeah, a lot of the other ones are kind of corny, like the planet champion. What the what the hell is that? Daniel Bryan in the green. Like what who the hell wants that? For me, the Demon King, that's probably the only one I would get. I want the planet champion, man. Oh my god. I am the planet's champion here. I'm the champion organic man here. <laughs> I love the planet's champion. Yeah. I like that one. Now that caught my eye, maybe it's like a godly figure. He's like a god. He's got the planet on his body grass on his shoes i love that yeah yeah then you have aj with a samurai yeah it sucks you got the triple h with the king oh my god and then you have the demon i guess it is a demon it's pretty weird looking it's got some mask on which is cool i mean i guess it's cool if you like that and then you have becky lynch with this wings like this shira kind of car Here, here's what i don't like this is what i don't it's beast right beast mode why can't they just do all animals? If it's beast <laughs> mode, why am I seeing gods and all? It just doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I, uh, anyway, all right, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, same here. I mean, like I said, if you see these in five below or something one day, maybe grab a couple. Otherwise, yeah, I'm going to pass. Yeah, four ninety nine at most. You can get a box of 12. You don't know what you're going to get. For ninety four ninety nine, hell no! If you're listening and you're doing that, I need to meet you. So write us in. I want to talk to you about it. Yeah, here's what we'll do: we'll bring you on to the new segment. Our new segment is going to be called Collectors Corner, and I think we got to be psychologists in the Collectors Corner. We'll bring some people on that got their screws loose in the collecting community. <laughs> we'll bring them on, and we'll coach you to make you think the right way and again this is not only with these beast modes or whatever the fuck they're called but this is even with the mid on card situation right it's hashtag moc baby hashtag moc for life and if you're not with us you're against us yeah that's pretty much it i think we have to try to reach out to some of those people on ebay like you mentioned last week that pay all those ebay selling fees and never sell a goddamn thing i would love to talk to one of those people yeah bring them on if we can get one of them on We'll put them in a chair, a nice recliner, take them back Sigmund Freud style or whatever. You know, it'll be great. Now we're talking about the Beast Mode blind boxes. Here's where I'm at. Loyal subjects, the loyal subjects action vinyls. If you're not collecting this line of WWE superstars, WWE wrestlers from loyal subjects, you're missing out because, man, they got some legends coming up that are awesome. They got Hogan, Flair, Stone Cold, Andre. Some come with accessories, belts. The Rock comes with the Attitude Era belt. Stone Cold comes with the Smoking Skull belt. You got some SDCC exclusives that launched, and I'm waiting for them. I'm hoping to have them within the next few weeks. They said that they're here in Pennsylvania. I'm close to Pennsylvania, so it's a matter of shipping them. But man, I love these, the Loyal Subjects Action Vinyl. This is what I want in a blind box, a vinyl, a WWE wrestling-focused toy. This is everything I want. Yeah, I never got into the Loyal Subjects, Will. I'm open to checking them out. I'd like to see the ones you're describing, look them up, see what they're like. But Loyal Subjects, it's not something I think about, but I do like the product they are putting out. 
They're amazing. I really think they are focusing on attention to detail. They are highly articulated as well for smaller style figures. Again, folks, we're talking about maybe three inches here. They're super fun for a three inch final figure. I think they just look great. There's just so much nostalgia here. And if you're not getting these, I know they have problems. The joints pop out sometime, et cetera, et cetera. So they do have QAQC problems and some of this stuff. But the legends that are coming out in the iconic attires that they're in, I think these are can't miss. I really do, Joe. Yeah, I'm looking these up right now, actually. I'm like, oh, wow. These are like the Masters of the Universe versions. So these are similar. Pretty cool, though, with the style of uh, wrestling figure. It is. It is very cool. Now, I already have an Undertaker and Ultimate Warrior just the plain versions. They've come out with several chases. They're very deep into the line. I think they have about two or three waves currently. You know, if you did miss out on them, you're going to have to go to eBay. You're going to have to go to the secondary market. And the problem with that is if you do get them off of somewhere like Amazon, what I hear is people are actually ordering them picking through the boxes and then sending them back. And then Amazon will resend the box and your figures will be open like we said the last time. So I don't know. It's just, it's hit or miss. I just go through eBay. I'd go through Mercari. My, that's my suggestion. I'm excited about them. Yeah, it sounds good. I like what they're doing. That's something to think about. All right, Joe, that's it for this week's news. And as you know, we are undergoing a format change. So this week's gorilla position has been postponed and we will have a gorilla position feature next week as a full episode. We will have Sean NG on the gorilla position and we will get really, really deep into prototype collecting. So listeners, check in next week for a new edition of the Gorilla Position. And welcome to the Oh My God Figures of the Week. Two weeks in a row, Joe. We're doing figures, not figure. Did you fig, figure, gores? I think you said was fig, figurines is what you're trying to say. Figurines, figures. Figure, (laughs) figure out your figures. Figure them out. Well, this week, I don't know. Do you have anything special planned for this week? Because... I don't know. I, I I like this. I like these figures that we're going to be talking about. And they had some very iconic attires. They had some very iconic music. They did. Maybe we'll get to that a little bit later, though. <laughs> I think I caught you off guard this time. You kind of did, because I'm trying to spell figures right now. And <laughs> I'm getting caught up. Oh, geez. Well, anyway, listeners, we're back to the Oh My God figures of the week this week. And we'll be talking about the Mattel WWE Legends. That's right. You heard it. 
the Mattel WWE Legends Maddie Collector Exclusive Rockers. Keep on rocking, baby. Nice. Love this set, Joe. This set came out in November of 2011 via Maddie Collector. Was also available via Mattel Shop in limited quantities. And then in 2012, again, via Ringside Collectibles as an exclusive. From what I remember, just real quick, I was signed up to Maddie Collector. They basically took over my bank account for a year or so or two. I don't know. I don't even remember how how long that was. Yeah, that sounds about right for the time frame. Probably about two years. They were linked up to my bank account, just withdrawn funds every time a new WWE Legends figure was released. I remember getting these as the first set, and I was thoroughly impressed by them. I loved the outer packaging. They came in a protective white outer packaging. But anyway, that was just my experience. And I do remember these being delayed. I remember them being delayed quite some time from the moment I paid for them until they were released in November 2011. Yeah, there was definitely a delay as far as this set goes. I definitely remember that well. It seemed like it took forever for these to be released from Maddie Collector. Maybe because it was the first release. Maybe it had something to do with that, you know, lining all these up to send them out. But um, it's a great first pick as far as Maddie Collector goes, for sure. Yeah, iconic tag team. It's really what we wanted to see with some of the Legends tag teams that were previously released. Again, the Mattel plan or strategy for this WWE Legends line was to give us Legends that weren't released or they were in alternate attires. I think they didn't want to touch Jack's classic superstars style figures because we were too close to that. We weren't as far removed as we are now. So their strategy in the beginning was to kind of give us what we didn't have in our collections. Yeah, for sure. And this was the perfect example of that. So a little bit about the Rockers, Joe. I know you're a big fan of theirs. So yeah, tell our listeners a little bit about who they are. The Rockers, I remember being a kid. I know I say that a lot on here, but I'm probably going to keep saying that. I remember being a kid and they were definitely one of the most popular tag teams when I started watching wrestling for me and a lot of the people you know the friends i had at the time we all love the rockers one of my favorite tag teams growing up for sure so the rockers were Shawn michaels and marty Jannetty. they teamed up from 1985 to 1992 and they were also former awa tag team champions and well i don't think they ever held the wwf tag titles or did they? Yeah, yeah, they did. This is a... um. It's not something I remember. Yeah, really quickly before we get into this, I want to go back to what you said before you started this. We are going to say when we were a kid a lot on this because we're vested in it since we were kids and that's why we do it today. So we have a passion for professional wrestling that dates back into the 80s into the 90s. And that's one of the reasons why we do this. We absolutely just have this passion and love for it. And I agree with you, Joe. When I was a kid, during this period in wrestling, the top tag teams on my list were Demolition, the Hart Foundation, and the Rockers. And this was pre-LOD in the WWF. Again, I'm just talking about WWF now. I'm not talking about AWA. We're not talking about WCW. We're not talking about NWA or anything like that. I'm just talking about WWF. Rockers were 
one of the top three tag teams in the WWF at the time, in my opinion, in that late 80s to 90s. Now, I don't want to talk about the British Bulldogs because by 90, they were phasing out. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to include them in there because that would be one of my top ones as well. But as a kid, promotional material in the magazines, on the pay-per-views, who didn't want to see the Rockers? Everybody wanted to see the Rockers. Oh, yeah. They had so much energy and their chemistry in the ring was was fantastic. That's the thing. I remember watching them back then. Marty Jannetty, Shawn Michaels. They did a lot of stuff tag teams in WWF weren't doing at the time. You know, you didn't see the high flying double drop kick, double this, double that. You know, they had great chemistry in the ring. And even as a young kid, it definitely caught your attention. Mix that with the colors, you know, the fancy attire, the music, you know, you ball that all together and definitely catches your attention for sure. Of course it does. Now, getting back to that WWF tag team title situation. So they have never officially held the WWF tag titles. And prior to doing the show, we take notes and I saw this in here that they never held the tag team titles, but that's not true. So they've never officially held the WWF tag team titles. However, they did win them against the Hart Foundation on October 30th, 1990 in Fort Wayne, Indiana. This was a Saturday night's main event taping. There's a lot of controversy around this. It was a best two out of three falls match. The match went 20 Five minutes. The tape is out there. It is a fantastic match. However, during the match, one of the top ropes breaks. So the rope is kind of floppy. From what I understand, they tried to kind of slow the pace of the match down to get it fixed and they couldn't do it or something. I don't know. When I watch the video, I don't see anyone trying to fix that rope. So the excuse was McMahon and company literally erased this from the Saturday night's main event taping because he felt that it wasn't fair to show a broken rope on national television. Oh, God. So that was the difference maker in the match, the rope. Basically, because they would have aired the championship victory if it wasn't for the rope. Other people say that Anvil and the WWF at the time were having a lot of disputes. So the decision was made to strip the Hart Foundation because they didn't know if Anvil was going to be back. And then by the time this all, I don't know, happened and whatnot, because, you know, when they did Saturday night's main event tapings, they did them well in advance. I guess from the time that they actually taped the match to the time that they were going to air the match, all those disputes were resolved. And a lot of people say that Brett and Anvil lobbied for the match to be erased from the taping, never to be aired, et cetera, et cetera. So who knows? I don't know. You know, this is a longstanding thing with professional wrestling. Egos, 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 right? But In my eyes, the Rockers won the fucking titles because it's there. It's on tape. The three counts there. The right man got pinned and they're holding up the titles. They're doing the handshake. They won those belts on October 30th, 1990 in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I got to look that up. Well, I got to check that match out. Match is amazing. Yeah, I feel like they're one of those teams where they should have won the gold. And I, I got to go look this up now. I'm, I'm really fucking curious to look this up. Uh, dude, that's why you have me here. I know these things. 
I don't remember that. <laughs> I totally remember it, dude. It was crazy. And I remember it was sometime afterwards that I remember hearing about it and reading about it. And it's basically like the Flair Hogan stuff leading up to WrestleMania, even on the Saturday night's main event. You know, it's like Hogan Flair, Hogan Flair. We're going to do Hogan Flair at Mania. And then all of a sudden, boom, done. Hogan's gone. We're not doing Hogan Flair. Yeah. So it's just one of these things in professional wrestling history and lore that, you know, again, they'll never officially consider them WWF tag team champions, but they won the belts. Aside from the Rockers being, you know, a unique, talented tag team that really changed the way you looked at how professional wrestling was performed. Let's get into a little bit about the figures. So we talked a little bit about, it was released in 2011. This is the first part of that Maddie Collector exclusive series of legends. Getting to the figures, they look amazing. I absolutely love that they came with their official merchandise shirts here. They're amazing. They're in the purple color. They have the exact same print that the catalog shirt had that you could buy in 90s. Yeah. In the late 80s, which is cool. They come with wrist tape that is awesome because each wrestler has different color wrist tape, which is also accurate to the promo photos that this was taken from. Love the tights. The tights are the exact same color from that promo photo as well. And then all the way down to the boots, they have the zebra stripe. It's completely accurate, in my opinion, even to the head scan. I love the young Shawn Michaels. I love the young Marty Jannetty. I just love everything about these figures. I love the belts, the striped belts that come. The only thing that I dislike is probably the knee pads, which are large. They are so large on these figures. I don't know why they have such large knee pads. Yeah, the knee pads definitely catch your attention when you're looking at these. I like the fact that this is the only way to get a Marty Jannetty Mattel. Marty Jannetty, even throughout the years, go down his figure list. I mean, he doesn't have that many figures. So to get him in Mattel form is pretty cool. I like that. The attire, Will, I definitely like a lot. I would have preferred maybe something a little more colorful. You know me, you know, going back to the Young Bucks a couple episodes ago. I would have liked a more colorful kind of attire. I do like the yellow and the zebra striped boots. The shirts look fantastic. Like you mentioned, those are the ones you could get in the catalog too back then. The shirts are great. Figures look great. I like the attire. Don't get me wrong. But me personally, I might have went something a little more crazier. Even if when you look back at the Jack's Classics, you know, I I like that just because it's the Rockers too back then with the yellow and blue, you know, the mix there looked like confetti. So that's my only gripe here. Maybe just a different attire. But I do like the attire they chose. So either way, I was happy. This definitely makes sense as an exclusive. Yeah, I'm not going to complain. I don't mind that the tights are a little plain. They did have, like you said, more colorful attires, more detailed attires, especially in the tights area. So I I can see where you're coming from. Look, we know business-wise... They got a budget for everything. And really, could you do more paint deco? I don't think so. I mean, you look at these figures right here, you're getting cloth accessories in the belts. You're getting cloth accessories in the shirts. You're getting the zebra stripes. You're getting new molds for the boots. You're getting these things that are going to raise the cost of this set already. So then the decision making comes, where can we pull money out? And that's in the tights. That's why I think they had to go with a more basic color for the tights. So I'm okay with that. 
We did get that Shawn Michaels Retrofest Rockers version as well. That's a little more highly detailed, I think, in the tights, etc. But again, that doesn't come with a soft good shirt. It does come with that kind of, I guess, plastic style, I think, shirt over him. Other than that, I agree with you. This is a phenomenal scent regardless. It's the only way you can get the Marty Gennetti. So it's a must add to your collection. It's an amazing figure. I've had it since 2011. I have the white box it came when. That's another thing I love about these figures. They came in a white box to protect the carding and whatnot. Just keep it in that white box. It even came with a little tissue paper over the front so you didn't scratch the bubble, which is very thoughtful. I love that when manufacturers do that, toy producers. And then the back of the card is really awesome. It just talks about the rocker's history, which is awesome. I like that. I like the back. Actually, in the back, discusses this match we just talked about. And I didn't realize that until I turned it around just now, because I have this right in front of me. So it does mention the duo did defeat the Hart Foundation in a World Tag Team Championship match in 1990. Unfortunately, the top rope broke during the best of three falls match. And because of that, was later declared a no contest. So pretty interesting that they actually put it in here into this two pack. I didn't even realize before we were talking that it was in there. Yeah. yeah. Jesus, I, I have the figures. I didn't even know that. I know. You know, the funniest thing is I haven't opened this since 2011. <laughs> <laughs> I literally pulled this out for the podcast, Joe, and I have not seen this figure since 2011 because they go into storage. So <laughs> yeah, I know. I, yeah, I know about that way too much. Way too much. We got way too much, bro. <laughs> I actually sold my set back in the day, and then I had to get it back. So that was a lot of fun. Oh, geez. These are all my original legends. Everything that I've had Mattel, I've had pretty much from the beginning. I've bought it in store. There are only a few pieces that I had to go back and get, you know, buy off the secondary market. And it's just one of the lines that I could never bring myself to sell or resell or anything like that. And I can't to this day and age. I know people always ask me that on Instagram. Oh, is that for sale? No, it's not. Nothing is for sale here, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Unless you, you know, unless you really need it to, I guess, you know. Yeah, no. And I've done that once in my life with the classic superstars line, you know, and I regret it. I probably shouldn't have sold and just got my ass out there and worked. You know, that's it. Let's move on. So this is why we think that this set is an oh my God figure or figures of the week. Now we're going to be moving on soon. Next week is going to be our last episode of oh my God figure or figures of the week that are from any era. And then after that, starting in week 15, we're going to be doing the best of 2020 the Oh My God Figures of the Week 2020 edition, and we'll roll into the new year with our top 10 Oh My God Figures of the Year. I think we're pretty excited about that, Joe, right? Yeah, for sure. A couple new segs. This segment will be 2020 figures as far as figures that came out this year, seeing what makes the seg. Yeah, we'll go from there. I think it's going to be pretty exciting, especially as we roll into 2021 and we give you our top 10. Oh my God, figures. That's why we love this segment. And that's why we love this Mattel WWE Legends Rockers 2-Pack, Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty, Maddie Collector Exclusive. And that's why it's an Oh My God, 
figure of the week. And you'll never forget the name Simba Wrestling Champs. All right. Well, this is a line that I absolutely love, love, love. The Simba slash Wind Toys Wrestling Champs. Gosh, Joe, I love lines that are small. They're tight. Six figures here. You know, there's some iconic figures, too, because they look like actual WWF wrestlers, which is really cool. And really what they are, they're knockoffs. They're knockoffs of Hasbro figures, which is great. So many toy manufacturers abroad did this during the 90s, Simba being one of them. They are German toy manufacturer and also toy importer. Simba is the fourth largest toy manufacturer in Germany, which is pretty incredible. They started in 1982. They import so many toys from China and other Asian companies. And this is an example of one of their past lines. Now, these are figures that are using the casts, which are copies from WWF Hasbro figures, as we said. The casts, Joe, are copies of the original molds, right? Yeah, for the most part. Same thing with the... uh colors you know a lot of the colors on these figures are pretty standard like a red blue black yellow kind of deal and it's basically just hasbro parts and like you mentioned before hasbro heads so this set consists of six wrestlers the names are kind of wonky a little bit but the names of the six are catching tiger pit hammer and the pit hammer is looks like an unpainted axe from demolition the head and the body fighting bull which is pretty much Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Earl of Power, which is Roddy Piper's unpainted head with a different body style, you know, different parts put together, arms and legs and everything there. And he's got blonde hair in this, <laughs> which is super funny. He looks like beautiful Bobby. Yeah. Remember when he did that, you know, with the Lord Steven Regal stuff? He kind of looks like that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's weird. It's weird how he looks like beautiful Bobby. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, that, that one catches your attention for sure rounding out the set you have punching paul which is pretty much jake the snake jake the snake roberts painted differently last but not least is knockout joe which it doesn't really resemble any of the hasbros as far as the head goes the body parts definitely but yeah these are cool especially if you're a bootleg wrestling figure collector or you like to knock off stuff or if you're a big hasbro collector these are Definitely something you should look into if you haven't heard of these, because they're pretty, pretty cool. Well, I, I like the style, you know, it's, it's a Hasbro figure and just painted differently, pretty much. Yep. And like you said, very basic colors. Even if you didn't want to go deep in the line, they're only six figures. I know they're not super, super expensive either. They're pretty affordable. I think you got to just get the Jake, the Hacksaw and that Piper, because I think they're so fun. You know, again, when you look at the Piper, he he looks like basically beautiful Bobby (laughs) or or something like that. You know, long flowing hair. He's even named kind of after that. You know, you got the Jake, which is hilarious. He's got the punch. It's funny on his figure. The arm is looks a little different or the or, or one of the arms look a little different. He does come with that straight arm punch action. 
And Jake's head is so small compared to the rest of the body for some reason. I don't know why that is. Yeah, the is. body looks gigantic. One of the things that catches your attention, though, on these is kind of fucking weird is the colors they chose. But, you know, the fact that the knockoff bootleg, it definitely makes sense. You know, they're just going with whatever they probably had. You know, they're like, all right, yellow, red, blue, yellow. All right, that sounds good. That's it. Yeah, it's it's all blues, reds, and yellows, and some blacks, and that is it, my friends. But these are funny. They are cool. I love the hacksaw, too. He's coming with those, like, bushwhacker-style arms, it looks like. Yeah, kind of like the bushwhacker pose. Yeah, it's a, maybe a little different, but yeah, it's definitely that kind of pose. Simba's fun. You know, I love the the logo. It's got an elephant on it. I guess maybe Simba in Germany means elephant or something. I, I have not looked up the translation so the cards are cool on these figures too they say wrestling champs in a unique font you have two wrestlers just generic wrestlers on the cards one is a blonde haired dude that's putting somebody in a looks like an arm bar wrist lock kind of thing going on and that's it basically you have the wrestlers right on the card so pretty simple they're in a wrestling ring they have all the like cartoon looking fans in the background that's pretty cool i really love this line and again i don't have them personally and i've seen them for sale and i think i'm gonna pick up the hacksaw the jake and the piper i think they're so cool yeah i see these a lot in a couple facebook groups online what's very odd to me about this set is even the knockoff stuff always comes with you know the figure in plastic you know basic as basic as you can get with these they come with just a wire or two holding the figure in for a lot of them online, they're in pretty good shape considering there's nothing protecting the figure. It's just a plain wire around the waist pretty much holding it in. Some around the arm, some around the leg. You know, the card also, going back to the card a little bit, the card was printed in several different languages as Simba, you know, intended to import these as a definitely a cheap alternative to Hasbro's in all different countries. And to round this set out, make it complete, they also had a small ring available, which was a lot smaller than the official, you know, Hasbro ring. A lot different too. It was really, really small, so you couldn't really play with these figures inside, which is kind of odd, too. But what really I thought was odd, Will, is the figures coming on just a card with a wire. To me, I was like, uh, not even a cheap piece of plastic, you know, on the figure, nothing, you know, just the wire. Yeah, I think that's really unique as well. It's funny when I see these on card, it really doesn't come through like that. But yeah, you're right. There's no plastic bubble. They're just literally attached to the card with a wire. Man, that wouldn't fly these days. These things would be looted and <laughs> freaking stolen left and right. You're talking about figure swaps. I mean, there would just be cards hanging up in the stores and no figures on them. <laughs> I love the ring, as you mentioned. The ring is fun. Although it's a little small and you really can't wrestle with them, maybe you can wrestle with two of them if you wanted to have a fig fed match or a wrestling match with them you couldn't really do it with more than two so i guess it's pretty cool but as a display piece i think it's perfect because there's only six figures and you could probably get about six figures in this ring now that i'm looking at it i think it's a fun ring although it's a little small still super fun this line is incredible it's not even wires i mean the funniest thing about it, it's literally just like, you know, ties, garbage bag ties that are holding these figures on there. It's incredible. It's so funny. <laughs> I know. And the back of the card, too, is fun. It shows you 
how to do the action pose with the actual figure, like somebody's holding it and they took photos of somebody's hand to show you how to do the different poses and stuff. And yeah, I just love it. It does provide you with photos of all the wrestling figures in the line with their names. So you got the pit hammer and the punching pole, the Jake the Snake punching pole, which is cool. Yeah, I just I just love them. They are just so classic and that you need them in your collection. Like I said before, if you're a Hasbro collector, even a loose collector, it's like hit or miss. Sometimes they're a little more, sometimes they're a little less. I feel like they're a little more in the Facebook groups, maybe depending on condition, you could find a couple of random ones on eBay. As far as loose on card, they're pretty much the same price. Well, it's up and down, you know, depending who's selling them. If you want to just get a couple, they're really not too bad. But, you know, I keep a search on eBay and, you know, sometimes they pop up loose and you can get a good deal on the card. They're most likely going to be a little more. And that's not even saying on card. You're pretty much getting them loose anyway. So that's why I would just purchase them without the card. Yeah, that's not too bad at all. I think you can probably find these for about 50 to 100 bucks per figure. And for only six figures being in the line, I agree with you. Get them loose. You don't really need the cards. Like Joe said, they're just tied together. Although maybe you get one or two on the card if you can find them. Just because, I don't know, I think it's fun to have those garbage ties holding them together or those, <laughs> or those string ties. It's just something fun because you never see toys presented like this ever. So I guess, I don't know. I mean, like I said, you could just loot them. It's just so funny. Yeah. So great wrestling figure line, fun bootleg line to collect. And that's why you will never forget the name Simba Wrestling Champs. Look at this! Look at this! You talk about a house of fire, you're seeing it right here! And welcome to this week's edition of Busted Open. Joe, we're headed back to SummerSlam. We're ending the summer here. We're headed back to SummerSlam. And this time we're in SummerSlam 1999. You're going to be taking a look at the Viscera from Mattel. WWE Elite 77 SummerSlam series. You'll be busting it open this week. I'm going to be busting open Nelson Frazier Jr., or as we like to call him Viscera, Nelson Knight, Mabel, King Mabel, Big Daddy, Big Daddy V, Big Daddy Voodoo. What do you think about that? I'm psyched. I love this era of the Nelson man. I think this was, at least for me, the end of Mr. Frazier's career. <laughs> yeah. The beginning, the beginning of the end, I would say. Growing up, even looking back in 94, 95, I think it was 95, actually, when he was King Mabel. I enjoyed King Mabel. I know he had a short run trying to you know, go for the WWF heavyweight title and whatnot but even getting the figure last year awesome figure man i love the king mabel and i was excited to see the viscera you know they can go a bunch of different ways with him i, I would imagine big daddy v's coming down the line but yeah i was excited to see this and the fact that it comes with the hardcore title was very cool very fun ac accessory for the figure and i i like all his characters you know throughout the years you know all the personas he's taken on as a big man you know almost seven feet tall 
you know, he's a big guy. And I feel like a lot of the times he's an underappreciated guy. Very underappreciated as far as professional wrestling is concerned. So this actual figure is depicted from the attires from the SummerSlam 1999 tag team Turma match where he teamed with Midian, part of the corporate ministry, and they took on Edge and Christian. So this is, again, a tag team turmoil match. They come into the ring versus Edge and Christian, and they're literally defeated in like two minutes. However, Viscera does start the match off. And let me tell you, man, he's pulling off all the stops. This guy has got the moves. He can wrestle, and for a big man, he can get some air. He does moves like you wouldn't believe. I was just like, oh my gosh, like for two minutes and 30 seconds, he put on a better showing than Midian and could hang with Edge and Christian in this match. It was amazing. His work is really, really underappreciated and undervalued. Yeah, I would say 100%. Definitely underrated throughout his career. I enjoyed all his his time in WWF outside. I was always a fan of any persona he's taken on. I liked Viscera. I liked, of course, you know, Men on a Mission, Mabel, King Mabel. I was a fan, you know, every time. I like when he, he came back and he joined the Ministry of Darkness. You know, I remember the Undertaker taking him and then he came back as the enforcer for the Ministry of Darkness. I thought that was cool. And, you know, it was a different look for him, especially with his time away. And then when he came back, the Viscera persona, you know, was very cool. I enjoyed it a lot. And, you know, when he won the hardcore title, WrestleMania 2000, I thought that was really cool, too. Yes, yes, I agree. So get into busting this open. Go. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. I want to actually know a little bit about this figure. Now, during this match in the Tag Team Turmoil match, he does not remove any of the, like, leather pieces or jackets. He wrestles with this whole attire on. So having it not removable is okay. He wrestles with this on. I don't yeah, have a problem with, with that. Attire. And I thought it was fun. Also, just a quick note, during this Edge and Christian match, what I did see is, well, Christian is wearing the attire that was given to him in his Mattel Elite 76 figure, Chase figure, with the black shirt and the gold pants. Yeah. This is from an era where you have Christian and Viscera wearing the same things, and now you can put them together. Yeah. So he's out of the box. Well, just real quick on the back of the box, in case anyone's curious, they have, you know, former hardcore champion, former world tag team champion, and 1995 king of the ring. Viscera from Harlem, New York, almost 500 pounds, 487 pounds, and he was six foot nine. Very big guy. Talking about six foot nine, seven feet, and nearly what, 350 pounds or something? Almost 500 pounds. Oh my God. And like you mentioned, he could hang with Edge and Christian. So, you know, it says a lot. It says a lot. Again, very underrated. Big man. I'd have to put him up there with some of the best. Oh, yeah, man. I'm a huge fan. That's why yeah, when I. Yeah, tear that open. Here? That's why when I see. Oh, uh, yeah. When I seen the King Mabel, I was like, oh, yeah. Because I, I, you know, I like this guy. And his classic King Mabel, I was a huge fan of, too. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. There's like this little, I hate these little elastic fucking things they put in there. Yeah, I don't know. It's so funny with that figure, too. Where the hell is that figure going to go? I know. I know. <laughs> like, like, is it falling out? I don't know why they're using these elastic ties again, but I don't understand it whatsoever, especially with a big figure like that. I don't think it's going to fall out of the plastic tray. Just my two cents here. I don't, you know, like. <laughs> I know. 
it can't even fit in the box, basically. It's a fucking hefty figure for sure. Yeah, so, well, I have it in hand here. Dude, this is a hefty figure, man. It's really nice. I love the size of this figure. As far as the attire goes, it is Viscera's attire to the T. You know, you have the black gloves. He's making the fists with both gloves. He's got the black coat, I would say. You know, the black kind of trench coaty thing that he would wear. Black pants underneath. Black boots. Not too much to say on the attire. I think for this figure, it's more of the size. And the head scan, dead on. You know, the face looks great. He's kind of making like that grinning, like menacing grinning face with the uh, mohawk. The blonde mohawk over the top here, which looks great. Face looks great. And like I said, well, it's great size, man. This figure is awesome. He comes with two extra sets of hands. The hands he has on are full black gloves, making the fist on both. He also comes with open gloves, kind of like an MMA style glove on a set of those with the fingers out, which he's kind of making a fist almost, almost like he can hold, you know, hold a weapon in those hands. And he's got his signature, same thing, the gloves with the open fingertips, where he's making the V, which is kind of funny. He's got like the V, kind of like the Vader, you know, the Vader. Uh, oh, yeah, I, yeah, you read my mind there, Joe. I hope, well, I hope we get another Vader figure and we can get those hands. This is the only time that I want interchangeable hands. <laughs> I know. And to round it out, Will, you have the hardcore title, which looks fucking cool. <laughs> the hardcore title is detailed. I don't remember it missing like a huge chunk. If you're looking at it, the upper left, uh, you know, corner of the belt, it's basically missing a whole piece, which I don't remember that being the case. But other than that, it looks great. You know, you got the hardcore across it. Champions kind of scratched out. It's kind of all broken apart. It's got that broken look as far as the plating goes. And yeah, man, this is a great accessory for uh, the big man. Yeah, I think the Hardcore Championship did have a little bit of a space over there, but there was more tape and stuff. I think depending on what photos you look at, it's a little different in every photo. I think the original one didn't have that big of a space, but a lot of the newer copies do, which is very, very odd for some reason. Somebody online in one of the groups online, they uh, cut the jacket off. <laughs> I guess they wanted to see what was underneath. It's King Mabel. You know, just all black. Yeah, that's what I thought. And I didn't do my research, but we talked about that in one of our previous episodes, what we thought was going to be underneath. But I figured it was the same torso. And like I said, doesn't remove it in the ring, the long trench coat. He does wrestle with it on. The only gripe I could have with this figure, and now I don't have it in hand. I do have this figure mint on card in storage or mint in box, I should say. Is the actual jacket in a glossy plastic or is it in a matte finish? Because in the match, it's very, very shiny. It's not glossy. It has like a, yeah, it has like a matte finish to it. Definitely not glossy. It looks great nonetheless, I think. But yeah, well, it's like a matte, matty kind of finish on this jacket. That was my only gripe was the sheen on the jacket. But, you know, that's just me being nitpicky. I think the figure, as you said, is incredible. Get it for your collection. They're available on Ringside Collectibles right now for $19.99. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't beat it for that price. This one, for some reason, the lady checked me out at Walmart and I got a drink and then she's like $2.19. I didn't say anything. I just paid the two nineteen. So the figure was free pretty much. No, there you go. If you could find them, they were $13.99 at Target for a few weeks back. You had an opportunity to get this figure at a really good price and still get it at a very good price and it may even go down. And not only that, I think this is only 
two or three chances you can get to own that hardcore title. For that alone, it's worth it. And for 20 bucks or less, like you said, the heft and the girth of this figure, that's a lot of plastic, man. Great head scan, a lot of hands, a lot of plastic. It's a no-brainer. Add it to the collection. Awesome figure. I have it posed right now. It's it's fantastic, man. His figures just, they're so toyetic, I guess, is the best way to put it. I mean, even looking at the face, I mean, I can't get over that. Like, having him posed right now, I mean, this doesn't get any better. Very toyetic wrestler. That's why we love it. That's why we love this Mattel WWE Elite 77 Viscera. And don't forget to tune in next week where we choose another figure or figures to bust it. Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. Are you ready? Wrestling fans, are you For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble! And welcome to the main event. This week, Joe, we're going back to 1986. To WrestleMania. And you heard that right. We're back to WrestleMania 2, April 7, 1986, where we're going to be reviewing the match between King Kong Bundy and Hulk Hogan. Wow, some of the memories of this match I actually don't have any because. Oh, I did not watch this while I was a kid because I would have literally been three years old and not remembered absolutely anything. <laughs> yes, yeah, as, as as Terry mentioned before, you were you were still shitting your pants probably at that time. I was shitting my pants long after that as well. And then the skid marks. We talked about the skid marks. I actually shit my pants at my mom's house a couple of years ago. <laughs> I don't know if I was talking too long to her. We were had a conversation going. And next thing I know, I'm shitting my pants. So, Dude, no matter how old you get, you don't expect it. You think it's a fart, and then you're all, ah, god damn it. Yeah, I don't know if I was, I was holding it in while I was talking. Next thing I know, I couldn't anymore, and then it just started coming out. Yeah, it's, it's it, no matter what the age, you're always shitting your pants. Yeah, I think that's a lifelong thing. And <laughs> We got some practice. We got some practice with it. No, but Will, looking back on this match, you talk about nostalgia. I watched this probably, you know, obviously a lot of years past, and then I uh, was able to catch it. And, you know, you got King Kong Bundy, Hogan, in a steel cage for the belt. And I don't know, like just growing up, man, you know, with that LJN, I had the LJN Bundy and this match and the cage. It's just the nostalgia, man. I was watching this back. And man, I was just so happy, man, putting this on. Heenan coming to the ring with Bundy. I love that old style blue cage. 
Hogan's got the old heavyweight title. It's just, there was so much hitting you at the same time, man, when you put this on. I agree. Prior to watching this match again for the podcast, I actually watched or rewatched 1985 and 1986 WWF on the network. I'd say it was probably about five or six months ago. I watched all the primetime wrestlings, et cetera, et cetera, that was on there and all the lead ups to a lot of these events. And I agree with you. This was just a bigger than life match. This actual WrestleMania, I thought was garbage. I mean, my God, it was it was a tough WrestleMania to get through when I saw it previous to me rewatching it. And when I rewatched it, it's just all over the place. You got it in three different locations, Los Angeles at the Los Angeles Memorial Sports Arena. It's also at the Nassau Coliseum in Uniondale, New York, and then the Rosemont Horizon in Rosemont, Illinois. So you have three venues for this WrestleMania and different matches at each menu, and they're popping back and forth. And then the amount of guests referees and announcers and commentators i mean my god they had to probably have 15 people here as special this special that special that so that was just like my take on it as a whole you know it's just so much going on i know you have new york chicago los angeles and then i didn't mind the matches so much well the randy savage george Steele match i thought was okay it was really short couple of the other matches i liked seeing mula the british bulldogs match i didn't mind too much and even the adrian adonis match you know i liked seeing him in the ring with jimmy hart it was like fucking two minutes but yeah not the best not the best wrestlemania as far as that goes it definitely comes comes around with the main event though i'd say the main event's fun yeah and look i don't want to discredit any of the matches i think the match times were shortened because of all this hopping around and all this mumbo jumbo with the announcing and stuff and all these special people and all the celebrities and stuff and some of these people weren't even that big celebrity i mean the fabulous moolah match was a fucking minute i think (laughs) (laughs) Dude, so we're going to get into some pay-per-view notes real quick, but the Jake the Snake match, he's facing basically a nobody, and that was three minutes. So that gives you a little idea, and this main event match, as we'll get into it, is going to be a little over 10 minutes. So again, there's so much just interviews and just nonsense with these people that, even like I said, these celebrities with Vince McMahon that I don't even know, nor do I care to know. Nor do I want to know. And why the fuck is Elvira on this pay-per-view? What significance <laughs> does she have in LA other than being like a hot? I, I guess be, this is not even taking place in October. The fuck? I'm still looking at the fucking WWF first NFL Battle Royal. Oh, my God. Oh, my oh God. My Will, God. remember that four pack I mentioned? It's on this. The Bulldogs, Lou Albano, Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, yeah. This is the four pack, dude. We, we, this is what we need. You'll never get it. Stop. but here's what i wanted to give i actually wanted to give some pay-per-view notes because mattel is making a lot of figures this coming year 2020 end of 2020 and start of 2021 that are from wrestlemania 2 so what's really unique about this the legends series 8 jake the snake roberts that's coming out He's actually going to be wearing the attire that he had in this wrestlemania 2 match which i found cool the, another thing that I found was the Bulldogs won the tag team titles from the Dream Team in an incredible match. I absolutely love the match. And the Dream Team, for our listeners, if you don't know, is the is Brutus the Barber Beefcake and Greg the Hammer Valentine. 
And we have the Greg Valentine in his black tights. And Brutus actually has the yellow zebra tights and the pink zebra wrist, whatever they're called, wrist tape, wrist guards. And that figure will be coming out in the next, I believe, Legends Series 9 with the tag team titles. So you're going to get that soon. Then you have Piper versus Mr. T in a boxing match, which we're going to get in the Mattel 2-pack coming out. So, man, I'm telling you, Mattel is just jam-packed with WrestleMania 2 releases as we end 2020 and move into 2021. And I found that from watching this WrestleMania. Yeah, they definitely, a lot of the releases coming out are from WrestleMania 2, which is pretty cool. It's definitely a forgotten WrestleMania for sure. Definitely a forgotten WrestleMania. And again, it's pretty crazy. This whole pay-per-view, and again, with the Alvira, I don't know why the fuck she's there. I mean, I... She was definitely popular at the time. Yeah, I guess she's popular. Maybe that's it. Maybe it was just the, the boobs. People wanted to see the boobs. I they're don't know. Like, uh, Derek, let's get those white tits on camera. Yeah. Draw some attention here. Anyway, it didn't work for me. She's god awful on the mic. Even Jesse the body couldn't make her talk. He threw some lines at her and stuff, and she just didn't even know what the fuck to say. <laughs> Especially during this match. During this match, the commentators of this match, Jesse the body, Ventura, Lord Alfred Hayes, and Elvira. Yeah, fucking, what, 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 a, what a fucking mess. A mess in the announce team. And Jesse is just probably just like, oh my God, what the hell am I doing here? So he basically carries the whole match. They do a couple interviews. And again, this pay-per-view, this WrestleMania is filled with interviews from everybody ad nauseum. So you have two interviews with Hogan prior to the match, and it's all about his ribs. And and to give our listeners a little background, the situation was King Kong Bundy and Don Morocco actually took out Hogan prior to this WrestleMania in March at Saturday night's main event, and they hospitalized him by Bundy giving him some big splashes, his avalanche in the corner, et cetera, et cetera, and Don Morocco helping him out while Bobby Heening being there as well. They're just in these interview segments talking about the ribs. Can you do it? And Hogan's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to beat Bundy once and for all, blah, blah, blah. Bundy finally gets an interview as well with the brain, and it's classic. It's with Jesse. It's amazing. I absolutely loved it. And what I loved about these interview segments the most was when Hogan did his interview with Jesse, man, they got big time heat. I mean, they just, they are just going at each other, man. Like, <laughs> it's oh, crazy. Oh, yeah, I know. It gets you into the match, you know, a little more. It does, because you know how Jesse just hated Hogan. I mean, I don't know why or what, but they just hated each other. I think they probably still hate each other today. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Oh man, it I was just so. it was just great to see that interaction and Jesse asking the questions and Hogan just being like, "You get paid to ask the right questions, not there's something like that." And I'm just like, "Holy shit. All right. All right, Hogan." Yeah, yeah, I know. But anyway, getting into the match a little bit. It's a, you know, 10 minute and 15 second match. I actually like this match a lot, Joe. I really do. It's a fun match. You know, I like Bundy Paired up with Hogan. I like the pairing of those two because Bundy's such a big guy and Hogan paired up with him. They're pretty much the same size. And for Bundy, I think it goes hand in hand with his style and the way Hogan wrestles. And the match back and forth is perfect, man. The time's perfect. I think it clocks in at a little little over 10 minutes 
for the match. And it's in the cage, which gives it, you know, that little extra edge to the match. You know, it gives a little little something extra. And Hogan and Bundy together, I think their chemistry in the ring was fantastic. It was fantastic, man. This match flows. And also, I what I like about Bundy is he can move. This is the during a period where he could wrestle. He can get up and down. He wasn't sluggish at all. You know, it wasn't even like, oh, you know, Hogan Andre, WrestleMania 3. You know, this was a little bit of more fast-paced match, which I liked. There wasn't a lot of it, but it was a slopper knocker. These guys, that's what they did, right? They they just punch, they kick. To start, Bundy comes out first, comes out with Bobby the Brain Heenan, which you got to love. Cuts a great promo before. Hogan comes out second. He's got his long bandana on, red bandana, the yellow shirt, the yellow trunks. He's got taped ribs, obviously, from the Saturday night main event incident, which is great. So he's selling, selling, selling. I love Hogan selling. He sells so well. He enters the cage also by climbing over the top, and then he gets to the top rope before he enters, and he rips off the shirt, Hogan style, throws it into the crowd. The crowd's going crazy, man. He climbs in, and it's just all Bundy Hogan from there. And in a clinic classic. Two big men. Love it. Yeah, exactly. Well, two big men going back and forth. Hogan, once he jumps in, you know, they go toe to toe. They don't waste any time. He starts throwing punches. He starts getting right on Bundy. That's what I loved about the match. I loved how Hogan came in. You seen the belt. He jumps in the ring and then they pretty much go toe to toe. He starts throwing, throwing lefts, you know, throwing rights. Bundy's throwing rights, lefts. Then Bundy eventually gets the upper hand a little bit, you know, beating Hogan up. Picks him up, kind of slams him into the cage, and then he uh, he starts working on the ribs. You know, starts uh, untying the ribs, trying to weaken Hogan. You know, get him down a little more. Yeah, and that was classic right there. That's a classic heel move. Hogan starts off with some offense. He's firing. He's stiff too, man. They are throwing punches that are in chops and clotheslines, man. These are two big guys that are working stiff. They're working well together. It's believable. What happens? Quick turn, heel move, boom, right to the ribs. And it's amazing. I loved it. And I love how Heenan kept opening the door. Like, come on, Bundy, let's get this over with, you know? And then the ref's yelling at him, and then Heenan's opening the door again. Oh, I love I love Heenan. Heenan in these cage matches, and we talked about this in two episodes prior to this, guys and gals. We talked about the match between Ultimate War and Ravishing Rick Rude, and Heenan did the same thing in that steel cage match at SummerSlam 1990. He kept open the cage. He's got Bundy by the hands trying to pull him outside. I love it. It's so good, man. I know. It adds to the match, man. You know, it just gives it that extra, you know, that extra piece. And then Bundy, you know, tries to escape. Hogan brings him back. That's when Hogan throws him into the cage, busts Bundy open. So now with the cage, you know, it's just the perfect kind of match for these two. You get a little bit of blood. Hogan's throwing those rights right into it. You know, the camera's perfect, too, on that shot. You know, making him Bundy bleed a little more. Picks him up, you know, throws him into the cage a couple more times. Then Bundy's back on the offense. Well, Hogan tries to pick him up for the slam. He doesn't get him up all the way. Bundy lands on top of him. Bundy's back on the offense. It's just back and forth. I think that's what makes for the match. You know, they, they add a little bit of everything. And I feel like they cross all the T's, dot all the I's in this match as far as the steel cage goes. I agree. And I think it's a match where the back and forths, you know, we're rushing through it, but they're selling during these back and forths. It's like a cheap shot. And then boom, Bundy gets back on the offense and maybe he rips tape off and starts choking Hogan with it. 
Hogan gets back by doing something. It's always this back and forth, but it's believable because they're selling the whole time throughout this whole thing. And it's just great. Finally, what happens is Bundy reverses Hogan. Hogan tries to whip him into the corner. Bundy reverses it. Boom. He gets an avalanche, which is the big splash in the corner. He nails it. Then he goes for the big splash on the mat. He tries to escape. Hogan stops him from escaping. Bundy goes for another avalanche in the corner. Big splash in the corner. And then Hogan hulks up. By this time, it's over. You know it's over. Hogan power slams Bundy, and this power slam was amazing. He whips Bundy into the ropes and then just power slams him, and it's just perfect. Oh, yeah, it's perfect. Lord Alfred Hayes says, oh, my God, he picks him up and he slams him. But I'm like, dude, the guy just power slammed him onto the mat. You know how Dustin and Cody does yeah, that, they like, do that whip they power do slam? slam? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, damn. And it was perfect, man. Perfect. I know. It was great. He, he got him up just ease, man. Slammed him, hit the leg drop after. I mean, you're just like perfect. But Bundy is key to that. Bundy gets enough momentum and you see Bundy jump into it, which is amazing. Bundy yeah. is the key to that power slam. And that's a testament to how good King Kong Bundy was as a wrestler. Right there, just in that move set. So anyway, puts him into the power slam, big leg drop. Hogan's climbing out. Bundy kind of recovers, tries to stop Hogan. Hogan gives him one boom, one big punch, and then gets out of the ring, gets to the floor. Bundy tries to escape at the same time. He couldn't get out in time. And then after the match, you know, Hogan did everything. He gets Bobby into the ring, <laughs> throws him into the cage. Everybody's going freaking crazy and the crowd's going wild. It's just, it's just a great match, Joe. Yeah, it's perfect. You know, going back, you know, you had that rumor, Bruiser Brody, WrestleMania 2 with Hogan. That would have been something to see. I can't imagine a steel cage with those two, especially Brody in there. But honestly, Bundy, WrestleMania 2 with Hogan inside the cage. It was a perfect pairing. Great match to look back on. I enjoyed rewatching it. And you talk about nostalgia in this match. I mean, this match hit every key point if you're a wrestling fan. It does. It's a great match to watch if you want to learn about wrestling. If you want to learn about old school professional wrestling, this is one of the best matches, in my opinion, to watch. I really love it. I don't care what the critics say. I think this was a really well-worked match. It was simple. The storyline was simple. You got a little bit of everything. You got the cage. You got the blood. You got the power slam out of it. You got the simple avalanches. You got the manager ending, you know, thrown into the thing. You got the heel work. Everything. You got a little bit of it. You got the injury. You got a little bit of everything in this match, and I absolutely love it. And you know what we like to do here on the main event, Joe? We like to actually choose two of the best figures that best represent this main event. And as you talked about earlier on, what else would we choose for this main event other than LJN WWF figures? So we have chosen the King Kong Bundy from Series 2, 1985, LJN. And I thought that the Hulk Hogan from Series 5, 1988, the red shirt version, was the better of the Hogans that best represent this 
match. I love the 88 red shirt Hogan. Yeah, it's definitely a good pick for this match. And I love the King Kong Bundy LJN. It's one of the more basic LJNs. I mean, you could find Bundy anywhere pretty much these days. Finding Bundy in great condition is the catch. But I have such a a, a soft spot for this Bundy LJN. I love this figure. I have one mint, you know, off card. And it's one of my favorite LJNs in the line. You know, I love this King Kong Bundy LJN. Honestly, when I see it, I want to buy it every time, if that makes sense. Even if it's beat up, he's one of those figures, as far as the LJN line, where I, I can't get enough, you know? I'm like, I want like 20 King Kong Bundys. <laughs> yeah, no, I get you. Sometimes you just have that urge to get another one and another one because you don't want to see them without a home. It's kind of like you see like dogs and cats. I don't want to compare to dogs and cats and stuff that are, you know, at the shelter and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you can't really compare it to that. I don't want to use that as an analogy, but it kind of is that way in a certain respect because as collectors, we look at these things and we want to preserve, them, right? We want to collect them. In certain instances, there are certain figures that, yes, you want to get multiples of because if you see them, you're just like, I, I, I got to have it. I got to give it a home and I know I'm going to give it a good home. So I think for you, that Bundy is one of those instances. And I love the Bundy. I think it's one of the better LJNs to come out in the time. Again, this is series two. It's a big, hefty figure. Looks great. He's got that menacing facial expression, that grimace on his face, which I absolutely love. He comes in his classic black singlet. Very simple figure. believe he's got the wrist tape on him as well, right? The white wrist tape. Yeah, wrist tape. That is key as well. And then I personally absolutely love this Series 5 Hulk Hogan red shirt. Now, he did wear a yellow Hulkamania shirt to the ring, so it's a little off there. But I absolutely love this figure, and why I chose this figure was because of the headband. That red headband was long and flowing, and it was one of his longer headbands he used for the match, and that's on this figure. He's got that longer headband look on this figure. I love this face sculpt on this compared to the actual 8485 Series 1 version. I thought that version was just a little off. You know, it's kind of like he's squatting and stuff, but this he's hulked up. He's bigger. He's got the title belt with this figure as well. I absolutely love it. I think it's one of the most classic Hulk Hogan figures in all of wrestling figure collecting. Yeah, I love this one. The uh, Series 1 Hogan, same thing, always have a soft spot for that. I wish the legs weren't bent in like that, you know, like the squatting pose, but it is what it is. This Series 5 Hogan's fantastic, man. I love the tank top, you know, the Hulkamania. It's just a great figure. I like the pose. You know, you got the yellow and red, white wrist tape on both. It's a great figure. Great LJN. Uh, one of the better, you know, Hogan's in the set. It is. And this was during the late part of the run, the LJN run. I have not seen this mint on card on a blue card. I've only seen it mint on card on a black card. I don't know too much about that history of this specific figure. We all know that Grand Toys eventually bought the remaining stock inventory and license from LJN, the WWE license in the, you know, in the, I believe it was 88, 89. So they eventually started producing figures and 
had them in other markets, not the US, like Canada and overseas, etc. I am wondering if this figure, because this is, I believe, the variant version to the white shirt Hogan that was released in 88 as well. They had two versions, a white shirt and a red shirt. I believe the white shirt was more common back then, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, I think the white shirt was a little more common. This red and yellow Hogan, this version was a little more sought after, you know, even back then you didn't see it that much. I, from what I remember anyway, looking at back at the old Jans, cause my uncle had a bunch of them. He collected them. So that's where I used to see a lot of them. Yeah. I didn't, this one was very, very hard to find. I feel like. Well, it's a beautiful figure. I have it right in front of me. Mine isn't in the best condition, but I actually like the patina on mine. So I do appreciate it. And not everything could be super, super mint and perfect. And I think you need to appreciate sometimes a figure for what it is. And I absolutely love that. I love this figure for what it is. I just love the patina and I think it looks really good. Yeah. So that's it. We're going to have one more week of the main event in its regular format. And then after that, we have a new format coming where we're doing watch-alongs, Joe. So I'm super amped for that. I am super amped to do watch-alongs and get the figures in hand and display them, get them in front of a TV or my computer or wherever I'm going to be. I don't even, I haven't decided yet, but this is going to be fun to do a watch-along, get some figures involved. Yeah, man. I love the watch-along format. I think it's going to be a little fun given our take while we watch the matches. You know, we'll give the cue at home if you want to pop the match on while you're listening so you can uh, follow along. And it's going to be fun, man. Giving our flavor onto the match, pairing the figures up with the match while we watch. It's going to be a good time. A little updated version of the main event going forward. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it'll be fun to play with the figures while we watch the match. And it's just going to be fun. And that'll happen sooner than later. We are going to have another edition of the regular main event, and then we'll change the week after that to our watch along. So stay tuned for that. And that is it, Joe. That is the one, two, three, and this week's main event. And don't forget, the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast is the gold standard in wrestling figure 